Hello, darling. This is Elvira, Mistress of the Dark, and you're listening to the Nightmare Junkhead Podcast. What? consciousness like a bad dream you can't wake from this is the nightmare junkhead podcast a horror podcast that when frightened screams like banshee my name is greg d i'm genius mcgee and on today's podcast we're gonna thrill you mm-hmm. as we record a fan commentary track yep for the 1986 classic Night of the Creeps. <laughs> yes, this is slimy. This has been brewing for a while mm-hmm. because this is a film we've never specifically talked about on the podcast. Yeah, but I know we refer to it all the time. <laughs> yes, and we're gonna get all into that. But first, let me remind you, ladies and gentlemen, we are part of the ever-expanding Boom Howdy Podcast Network. Boom Howdy, and you can find all of our past episodes at BoomHowdy.com. Or if you're like me and you like to listen to us on the go, simply search for Nightmare Junkhead in your iTunes, Stitcher, or SoundCloud app. Hit subscribe, and when we drop our latest episode will download directly to your listening device of choice. All up in your creep hole. There it is. And if you are in the Kansas City or Midwest area, mm-hmm. come on down. We are we are out <laughs> and about for October. Yes, we are. As only a horror podcast could. Mm-hmm. And so we are still hosting a handful of gigs here at the Alamo Draft House and the Screenland. And our next one that's coming up is actually, so this episode will be dropping on October 14th. Mm-hmm. So this would have already passed. Oh, no, 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 no. So oh. this will be happening the following day. Because on October fifteenth, oh, yes, 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 yours yes. truly, uh, Greg D here will be um, guiding you along Dreamland, <laughs> passing out the hypnoseal at the Alamo Draft House starting at two o'clock. We are doing the Never Sleep Again Marathon. <laughs> you are all his children now. Can't wait to get into the uh, the well, we can't call it subtext, but the text <laughs> of uh, Nightmare on Elm Street Part Two. Uh, but that's going to be a blast. Starts at two o'clock. We go from Nightmare all the way to New Nightmare. That's a that's a that's an awesome lineup right there. Oh, it's fantastic. Yeah. Uh, and there's so there's from like four on or a few I haven't seen in quite a while. Mm-hmm. So I'm really looking forward to revisit those. Oh, yeah. But even the first three in the theater are an experience. So <laughs> number three, baby, it's going to be. And we have yeah. that as yeah. a for the horror show as a 35 millimeter print. Mm-hmm. And we don't have any 35 millimeter prints to show. But I believe our good friend Brett is going to throw in some 35-millimeter trailers for the screening. So it's going to be a lot of fun. But if you're not there on the 15th at the mm-hmm. Alamo, where should they be? At the Just Off-Broadway Theater for the Share to Blame double feature, The Spook Easy and Share Apocalypse. And if you're a genre fan of any kind, <laughs> this will tickle your funny bone to no end yeah it'll tickle the funny bone all right man this is gonna be a good show and they're two separate shows there's gonna be burlesque uh a certain genius will be hosting both shows i understand that yes it's gonna be a lot of fun it's gonna be a lot of fun it's just off broadway theater just and if you've ever listened to our sister podcast nerds and nostalgia we've Mm -hmm. had share to blame on before it's it's gonna be a good show I've, i've i've seen some snippets of what she's got in store it's gonna be a good show and if you follow her on instagram i believe you've seen the predator costume <laughs> it's phenomenal it's so turn cool around, turn around. <laughs> <laughs> you son of a bitch yeah it's gonna be that's gonna be a lot of fun so on that and it's kind of a bummer because that's something i'd like to see myself yeah but i'll be nestled away so it is the season dude. Tis the season, so, so much fun stuff and then that um <clears throat> excuse me so that's on the 15th then on october 21st yes monsters ball at the holy cow market and music on 39th and gillum it's gonna be super dope it's the return right yes the return of monsters ball 
And there are actually Miss Cher to Blame is going to make another appearance. Yes, yeah, she correct? is going to make a appearance. So if you don't get to see her there, you come and go Monsters Ball and check her out there. And there's going to be like four bands. It's going to be pretty dope. That's going to be exciting. So yeah, yeah thank you for hosting that. Yeah, I, one of them does. Um, um, metal covers dressed up as zombies. Oh, that's rad. Yeah. And this is a fun, this is technically a fundraiser for the Kansas City Horror yep, Club as well. it's all a fundraiser. There we go. Yep. So definitely come out, support the Kansas City Horror Yes, scene, check it out. Obviously. Um, that's going to be a lot of fun. And I'll even be out there for a while, you yeah, know. Yeah. As an introvert, you know, I can only make, I've got to make an appearance or something. Right. You, know? I'll, I, you know, ultimately I'll become like a Bigfoot kind of thing where people will <laughs> look out see for the, me. Like in the grainy footage. Like a, it's all 35 millimeter. <laughs> well, no, there's this greatest picture of... Uh, it's a lot of people at Slaughter Movie House, mm-hmm. which um, is at the Screenland Armor yeah. in the Kansas City area. First Monday of every month, they screen uh, independent Ooh, horror flicks. Really fun. Short. Fantastic. Yeah. But there's this great photo of people all about having a fun, good time posing. And in the background, you see me at the Gallagher game. Just <laughs> of course. Con- <laughs> solely focused on it. Just nothing. Just, oh, it was horribly embarrassing. <laughs> all you see is like a vest and like a blurry hand on a joystick. You know, just I like, was tapping into the one at the time. But I was like, that's kind of appropriate. So I feel like occasionally it's like a Bigfoot sighting. It's like, there he is in the background. If you, Greg Foot. If, if you squint really hard, you can see him. So, yeah, I will definitely be out there for that. But then the next night on Saturday, yes. uh, October 22nd, the late show at the Alamo Draft House, mm-hmm. uh, 35 millimeter screening of one of my all-time favorite heavy metal horror films, mm-hmm. Trick, Trick or Treat. Treat. Yep. And I was when I when they first put that up, and don't get me wrong, I love Trick or Treat, mm-hmm. the anthology. Yeah. Love that film, but I was so happy to see this one being played <laughs> because heavy metal horror does not get enough love. And oh, it's going to play in your Walkman. Do you know also <laughs> who is uh, guest hosting that one? Hmm. Eric Mellon. Oh, nice. The air guitar champion. Oh, dope. Yes. Dope. So I will actually have some like legitis- legitimacy behind my vest with mm-hmm. you know, a, a presence like that on there. So that's going to be a lot of fun. I'm really excited for that yeah. one. <laughs> and then on the 29th, mm-hmm. yes, this is going to be a good one. At, well, let's actually yeah, tap Cade. Mm-hmm. This, yeah, this one's going to be a lot of fun. So last year we were able to host a, uh, a Halloween marathon. Uh-huh. And when we say Halloween, that's just scary movies, not Halloween per se. Right. And we did three of them. Mm-hmm. And they all had a theme. They did. We did a demonic theme. Mm-hmm. And the joy of it was, well, the joy of it, but what I liked about it was you didn't you, know. It was a surprise. You didn't know until you sat down and sat through all three movies what we were going to play. Which was kind of cool. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and you're like, okay, cool. It's, it's, we, we got another one planned. Mm-hmm. Yes. And so we're going to do another theme again. Mm-hmm. Now, the theme, obviously, it's this one isn't as cool as Demons, but it's uh, because this is the second. It's the sequel. It's the sequel. And yeah. so we're going to play uh, three movies all part twos mm-hmm. of certain franchises. Yeah. Uh, and again, you're not going to know what they are until you show up, but it's going to be a guaranteed good time. I'd, I'd like to think of this because it is on October 29th, mm-hmm. which is the Saturday of the last weekend of you know October. Right. The so big kickoff. That's the, the huge kickoff yeah. for a lot of people. So I'd Devil's like to, Night. I would like to think of this as the the movie lovers party right right because we'll probably have a costume contest uh mm-hmm. we've got um you're gonna we're gonna show like vintage trailers halloween commercials and so forth yeah. in between we'll have a lot of fun with that exactly uh, but yeah three mystery movies show up october 29th at tapcade gonna be a blast mm-hmm. <laughs> get your tricks and your treats and your treats yeah <laughs> and one that actually we're not hosting but um on on halloween october 31st at the mm-hmm. alamo they're showing halloween too Two. yep <laughs> which i kind of want to go see uh, exactly i love that movie that's an underrated yeah. sequel yeah. and hey and maybe it shows up on you know on the nerds and nostalgia movie night who knows who knows, who knows? Uh, well we didn't plan it that way we made sure you know we weren't <laughs> yeah. doubling up right. on anything don't want to cheat anyone out of that nope
But no, it's going to be a good time, you guys. So come out and check that out. Um, yeah, it's I can't wait for it. Yeah, it's going to be a blast, man. And so then that'll wrap up October. And there's a lot of good stuff coming up in November. But let's fo- get let's get our focus yeah. back in October, <laughs> Shocktober, if you will. And um, tis the season to be jolly. La 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 la. This is the most wonderful time of the year for it horror fans. It is. It is. It's great. And we've talked about it before, just is because this is the time where even in polite company, mm-hmm. you get to talk horror films. Mm-hmm. And what we wanted to do another commentary track. This is going to be the second one we've done for Nightmare Junkhead. Mm-hmm. The first one we did was for Return uh, of the Living Dead, which was a lot of fun. Yeah. And obviously, if <laughs> that you, if you, was it was a lot of fun. If you listen to that one, it's basically us blowing <laughs> James Karen for an hour and a half for the most part, <laughs> and with Linnea breaks. Yes, with, the, with Linnea breaks. Intermediate Linnea breaks. Which you have to have in there. Come on now. Um, but we wanted to make sure in terms of a... We liked it spooky. <laughs> That's another great litmus test there. <laughs> but we wanted to make sure to do something from 1986 because mm-hmm. we're in the 30-year anniversary of, of a lot of fi- from the films that are released in 1986. And... There are so many good ones from It's horror. unbelievable. It's really remarkable if you look at it and you kind of list everything out. And mm-hmm. so um, we've done a lot of things in terms of um, from the year 1986. In fact, uh, this is going to drop the day after we um, do our live podcast. But for uh, Jason Lives, that also came out in 86. Mm-hmm. So not only do you get like a banner year. <laughs> one of the best Friday yeah. sequels, yeah. but in terms of just like cool horror films... One of the ones that immediately thought it was Terror Vision. Yeah, that's um, a that's a that's a weird one. A great one, uh-huh. uh, the Texas Chainsaw Massacre Part Two. Mm-hmm. Uh, you've got uh, films like The Hitcher, <laughs> which is another one. Right, right. That I don't. I I consider it a horror film. Oh, it's most definitely a okay, horror good, film. Okay, good, good. Most I was, definitely. It me check check check. It, it meets the qualifications. It's phenomenal. Yeah. <laughs> but there was one film, and it's a film that you and I both really hold dearly to our hearts. Mm-hmm. That for me back in the day was a litmus test film. Yeah. It was the film I would throw out to see if you picked up on it. You know, again, maybe before the internet age, right when you had to do the work. You really had, you, to do the work. <laughs> you had to do the digging. Same thing. Uh, but of course, we are talking about uh, Fred Decker's 1986 cult classic, Night of the Creeps. And so the edition we're going to be watching was the uh, DVD released in 2009. I think it's the only DVD release that's out there, and I don't believe there's anything else out on Blu-ray. That's, that's um, a shame. I know. Well, that's a shame. Shout fa- Scream Factory, right? get on it. Right. Thrill us. Yeah. Um, but <laughs> so what we're going to do here, the way we do our uh, fan commentary tracks is we basically are going to line it up. So basically get your... Um, Get your get your shit ready. Get your get your shit ready. Get your shit lined up because then what we're gonna do is we're gonna count down. You'll hit play, and then that's when we start the commentary mm-hmm. track. So does that make sense for you all out there? Sound good. Does that sound good? Okay, so, gang. So right. So right. So right. <laughs> if only if, if it wasn't beyond theater of the mind, we'd actually have the little puppets there. <laughs> Taco flavor kisses. So again, do we do the uh, lethal weapon two? Do we go on three, two, one, play or three, two, one, play? Three, two, one, then play. Okay, again. Let us go ahead and count down. We will press play in three, Three, two, two, one, play. All right, gang, uh, I've got some good news and bad news. Uh, the good news is, uh, for this uh, commentary track, is we are huge fans of this movie. Mm-hmm. The bad news is uh, we had absolutely nothing to do. <laughs> They're all, we're already dead. We already did. Yeah. <laughs> well, we had nothing to do with the uh, production of this movie. We are merely just fans. Just fans. And we are here to just celebrate. Two, just two guys enjoying a good fucking movie. Would you say two college buddies looking for some shenanigans? Yes, yes. Potentially? Mm-hmm. Well, as we roll with the TriStar Pictures, uh, I 
do want to give a quick shout out to um, I believe it was Ernie Ferrano designed the title credits for this uh, and this is one of my favorite aspects of this film the way it starts because it's it's eerie mm-hmm. it's got a great vibe to it and it is presented as a horror film right you walk in to knowing night. yeah it's good there's going to be some scary shit even just based on the intro itself it's it's it has that ominous vibe to it but one of my favorite aspects to this film and the reason why I think it has become a cult classic and didn't do well initially is because it's such a weird genre mashup. It is, and I also think it's... Um, <coughs> excuse me. Um, Got a creep in there? Exactly. I think it's just also a part of the nostalgic aspect of this movie because, like, in the 50s, people were nostalgic... Uh, I mean, in the 80s, people were nostalgic for 50s stuff, and this has all that 50s stuff. I mean, it's got, like, Night of the Creeps, you know? And it's got... Even it begins out, you know? So yeah, and shout out Tom Atkins. Yeah, and it, it so it plays on that... You know what you're going into. You're like, okay, cool. I've, I've, I've rode this ride before. This is where actually American Graffiti could have gone horrendously <laughs> wrong, wrong, right? Yeah. Or um, shivers. Or shivers. <laughs> well, and actually, we should give a shout out because uh, we were just at a free screening of Shivers. Yeah. And they ran three trailers before the uh, screening. Uh, the first one was uh, Contracted, mm-hmm. uh, starring uh, Najira Townsend. Uh, then they showed Slither. And then they showed Night of the Creeps. And we all were just like, we kind of kind of lit a little cheer when it came up because, you know, it's just such a fan favorite. But this is the reason right here. It's so weird because it just <laughs> opens up in a spaceship and this like gingerbread man comes out with ass crack, mind right. you. Right. Blasting away. So it's like immediately you're <laughs> Not like the gumdrop buttons. <laughs> Well, you have to wonder, am I in the wrong theater? Right. Like, it said Night of the Creeps, but I was not anticipating this. And if you think about it, uh, Critters starts same out way, yeah. the same way. Um, which, I, obviously, you could, You, I think we we're in the genre, that time where you could, like, you've got horror in my sci-fi. Right. You've got sci-fi in my horror. <laughs> and it opens up the universe, too. Well, it, it shows that there's, like, intergalactic odds shenanigans. Yeah, shenanigans right. from the get-go. And actually, uh, funny enough, I love how you got the alien language at the bottom with the <laughs> subtitles at the top. top. It's fantastic. And of I course, didn't know I have to read in this movie. You, got, you have to learn a little when it comes to horror. <laughs> but uh, interesting story. Do you know who one of the midgets, uh, oops, I shouldn't say, I should say one of the aliens were? Hmm. Uh, Tony Cox. <laughs> From Bad Santa. From Bad Santa. <laughs> He's telling that other alien, your soul is dog shit. Every single fucking thing about you is ugly. <laughs> As he floats off into space. <laughs> Would have given the movie a little bit more of an edge, per se. <laughs> And then immediately we're thrust uh. from outer space into Sorority Row. And here is where... You, so we start off with the sci-fi film. Mm-hmm. We now get a 1950s college yeah. feel-good flick. Like, maybe this could have been the or, start of... I was a teenage werewolf. Oh, there we go. Yeah, something some like classic that. classic Michael Landon. Mm-hmm, some old-school horror, like... Or even, like, the attack of the crab people, you know? Crab people. <laughs> well, even if you think about it, uh, the influence that John Landis took when he did Thriller with Michael Jackson, mm-hmm. same kind of feel with this. Uh, and it gives, again, that 50s n- nostalgia was huge yeah. at the time. They were just looking at it as a better time. Now, love the contrast in terms of the titles with the the, the, the title and then the name. Just all horrid and shit. Robert mm-hmm. C. New. It's fan- I love that. Gives it that really campy feel. Yeah. Like Almost a, like a an creep EC show comic. Yeah. Very. And I think I, I think that's appropriate 
and on purpose because we are in the time of the 50s when a lot of those well I guess it was probably well, the, they're still they were being banned all the time when they, and they didn't have really the comics codes I think EC comics were the reason that the comic code mm-hmm, was created. exactly you had tales from the crypt on every corner you had some hardcore <laughs> comics at the time now here we could go into some really weird like hazing shenanigans or anything along the lines or a good feel 1950s feel good a kind. pleasant view like, like a pleasant yes. bill <laughs> everything's better back in the day hey, starring Haley mills pollyanna goes on a date you know <laughs> and that's as racy as it got because that's all you needed at the time right but it does i really like the fact that <laughs> youth it, girls gone wild boom doom 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 oh no i'll have some of this marijuana cigarette boom 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 becomes a 1950s propaganda film Dude, that's, would be, that would be the terrors of marijuana and then transforming <laughs> into a zombie. Yeah, Just like, bleh, coming at the world. <laughs> Instead of the, the little creeps, they're actually little joints. Right. <laughs> Don't put it near your mouth. That's when the bad stuff happens. You could easily see this being as a, like a propaganda film. Now, here's the point. If this was like an Animal House shenanigans film, mm-hmm. not to get, uh, you know, creeps and nostalgia. She pulls out the glove. Yep. <laughs> that's what happened. This is like a, a make-out point, a look-out right? point. Like you'd see the fawns up there. <laughs> hey, just doing that little like dance he does. Well, how many films in the 80s actually, especially with like um, some of the boner jams, had <laughs> scenes where you were at like a lookout point? Mm-hmm. Uh, I remember that film, My Secret Admirer. <laughs> Fred Ward, um, C. Thomas Howell. It featured extensive scenes where people were at a lookout point, And it became like a, a, tr- a trivial part of the film. Which is really weird that a lookout point. Make, make, make out land. And here we get to technically the first appearance of uh, Ray Cameron. Uh, this is uh, obviously Tom Atkins as a young man, as a police officer. And I love that. I, I, again, <laughs> just the cinematography. And again, you're under like, am I watching the right film? Yeah. Like what is happening right now? And that's do you remember actually maybe even the cuz I don't remember really the first time I saw this. I do. The first time I saw this it was Captain USA. Was it? Yeah. So was it an afternoon show yeah. then? Okay. Yeah. So you then technically you saw it unedited or uh, a very edited, edited first. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And so then I was like I got to see the rest of this movie. It, so you sought like, it out. Right, right. Well, I don't remember I if if memory serves correct, I think this is one of those films I walked in probably like halfway through the first time I saw it because uh-huh. the ending of this film obviously is super memorable and that's what stuck with me. And then this was like Oh yeah, spoilers. Yeah. yeah. Oh no, yeah, that's, <laughs> But this is one of those films that oh, if you're if you're listening to us and then watching watch it, it for the, the first, first time, time. <laughs> that's a crash course, man. I don't know if I'd really recommend that there. But doesn't this guy kind of a Jim Carrey kind of vibe to him? Yeah. Hey, or Ed Helms. Oh, and ooh, if they did a Night of the Creeps remake, remake. yeah. Mhm. Because he's not an ex- he's not an expendable character. He's actually somewhat he integral. Yeah. yeah. But then the one of the other things that I really like, God, I'm just going to love fest here, is if you look closely in a lot of the um, the the various um, little genres that they throw in there, mm-hmm. there's always an urban legend thrown in. Because if you think about huh. like what the the, okay. the the little '50s one that we're seeing now becomes the yeah axe. because yes yeah it becomes the axe murder. I mean, how often did you hear where By the hook on the hand at makeout point? Raw, yeah. Of course, my mm-hmm. God, that's where um, scary stories to tell in the dark. That's like, like was their bread and butter. Exactly. I think a lot of those came from there for the <laughs> most part. But you'll you'll see it actually in um, an escape killer 
it just starts out like one of those old timey like an escape killer news at 11 and the beauty of that is always the coincidence you just happen to turn mm-hmm. it on just in time for <laughs> oops, that oops, oops just enough to realize oh shit i'm on highway 66 and okay now it, that we cool. now we got to talk about the different name drops. This movie drops some names. Let me ask you really quickly though. What do you think the biggest major at Corman University is? <laughs> is it going to be like phys ed or like you know gore, anatomy? Gore one hundred and one. Gore one hundred and one. Uh-huh. Gross anatomy. There we go. <laughs> really gross really anatomy. Gross anatomy. Um, there's so much love given to um, Roger Corman. Uh, mm-hmm. All of the main characters in this film. Yeah, are named Have after... the last name of the famous director or producer, and it starts off with Corman University. So there's a lot of love, and this is where, in terms of the campy feel from it, obviously, they're giving you a big wink right there. Mm-hmm. And then you got the crazy killer with the axe. Of course. And then, at the same time, you have... The science fiction has now right. literally crashed mm-hmm. into You got the... your sci-fi in my horror. Yep. Which is really bizarre to see, and I... I, this movie, I think, is, was really ahead of its time, mm-hmm. just in terms of the tonal shifts it takes, the genre mashing that it does. I'm and I'm gotta call out, like, come on, gun, you don't gotta lie to kick it. Okay, we'll we'll discuss that okay. right. Okay, so one of the trailers we saw was for Slither, uh-huh. a, a movie I love. Saw it in the theater. Me too, twice. I, I, yeah, I think we were the only ones there because <laughs> that was back in 2006, I believe. Mm-hmm. And the first time I saw the trail from the trailer, I was like, wow, that's a great. Homage to Night of the Creeps. Mm-hmm. And as it turns out, he said that he's never seen this before. Right. And I'm telling you, I'm calling shenanigans. I'm calling shenanigans because you worked at Troma. You should know this movie. So, and look, splat! And great editing in that one. Mm-hmm. And now we transition into from a 50s shenanigans to 80s shenanigans. Like, all of a sudden, like, this is Thornton Mellon's house. If they could have broken out the triple Lindy in this film, that's how they ultimately defeated. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> These they, creeps can't do water. Squashing creeps on the way down on the diving board. <laughs> Polly's there like fucking Brock Sampson, just hands full of like the little slugs. Ah, go on, go on, get out of here. Biting their heads off. And honestly, that's what we are presented with right here. Mm-hmm. We are straight into an 80s boner jam yeah. with our two protagonists here. And um, But let's go back to James Gunn real quick because mm-hmm. so... <laughs> I, I heard the same thing, that he was like, I've never seen Night of the Creeps. Because so many people are like, oh, this is obviously a right, you know, reference. Right. And he's like, no, I don't know what you're talking about. So you call shenanigans on that, I call shenanigans. You? I call, you don't got to lie to kick it, James Gunn. You don't got to lie to kick it. I, we, I, I, I still love your shit, man. I, I, your shit's gold, you know? No. I'm just saying, just come out and say like, hey, yeah, I Wha- saw it once or twice. So like, you cool. just, you straight up don't believe no, that he never no, saw No, You no. don't think this was in his cultural, like, blind spot when it comes to... He worked at Troma. He worked at Troma. Have you seen his movies? There is no way in hell that he hasn't either seen this movie or he's just steeped in hentai. There's like, there's no in between, man. I don't know. I mean, this film didn't get an audience immediately. It was one of those that caught on through. If I've seen it, he's seen it. I'm just, I'm just saying. Now, do, uh, let me ask: Does that take away from rawr, his? Cre- hi, there. Rawr, rawr. Does Does that take away? Uh, hello, Jill Whitlow. Uh, does that take away his credibility? No, no, no. I don't care. But what just, if he really didn't see it? Well, then just I don't know. It's I, like I, it's, I, I, it's almost unfathomable to me that he did. Come on, dude. Just, like, just, just it's night of the fucking creeps. Come on, man. 
It's I don't know. I I think it could happen potentially. It's uh, again, it wasn't a film that was for everyone. Mm, okay. But okay. <laughs> okay. You, we, obviously, we still love you, James Gunn. We so. do. We do. I I can't wait. Guardians was dope. I liked it. I liked it. Wasn't as game a game changer for me as it was for you guys. I liked it, but you know, and I'll I'll check out volume two here. So now we got Jason Lively <laughs> coming in here, <laughs> and Jason Lively I was very familiar with uh, from his turn as uh, Rusty Bubba, Bubba from uh, Mama's Family. Oh no 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 that's Alan. Oh Keyes. no this yeah Jason no you're Lively. Right, 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 right. No he was the second Rusty. No, no that's right from European. Yeah yeah. When, and that's what I recognized him from, you know, the um, the European tour, Rusty style, the Rusty tour and all that kind of good shit. <laughs> and I love the fact then that his boy, JC, who we, who was never touched upon, is rolling with crutches. Why do you think that? I mean, why? I mean, the beauty is we never it never plays into who he is as a character. Right. It's totally incidental. Right. Exactly. Which is really kind of cool. Yeah. It's not like it's not like Walt Jr. No. Yeah. You know, he's not like creeps, dead. It's. Where he's a good. I like his character. Yeah, he's a lovable character. Well, it's interesting is he's he's the one that actually has the most confidence. He's got the, the biggest balls out of everybody. He's like, fuck it, I don't give a fuck. What are they gonna do? Hit a guy on crutches? Shit, I'm gonna fuck with people. And as it turns per, out, it's he's a, just a good character. He's he like a, a dude you'd want to hang out with. Yeah, no, um, yeah, and he's uh, it's John Carpenter Hooper, I believe, J.C. Hooper with that one, <laughs> which, again, is so, so funny how they do that. Um, Jill Whitlow's character is Cynthia Cronenberg. Mm-hmm. It's fantastic. Um, and Jill Whitlow, so, <coughs> had the chance a couple of years ago at the uh, first Dismember the Alamo at the Alamo Draft House that they threw, mm-hmm. um, the first film that they showed, and the great thing with the Dismember the Alamo is kind of like when we do with our marathons, you don't know what you're screening until you show up. Right. Well, the first film, the film they opened with, look at the unibrow on that guy. Jesus Christ. that That's about like what I was it's rocking. American. It's American. <laughs> it was the 80s. Right. That's not thick enough, man. Can we put some, just bush Let's it up just a little? Let's add a little more. All right, cool. As a, a, to quote Thornton Mellon, that guy's uh, the first generation from Standing Up Straight, I believe. <laughs> and so, Whose party is this? Hey! Hey! I can see Oingo Boingo being at this party right now and Thornton Mellon kicking right? it up. Exactly. Because that's what... It, it, the, turns, it turns into some weird thriller thing with the zombie. It's a dead man's party. Da, da, who could ask for more? You know, he's like, hey, leave your body at the door. You know, just he's just sitting there dancing and having a good time. I, could, I, would, I would love to see that. I think if you add Thornton Mellon to any film, <laughs> it increased just dramatically, exponentially. But only when there's like shenanigans. It can be horrible shenanigans. But like it could be shenanigans, or, or when the horror arises, he can sneak he can away still, to the background, right? And then come back at the end. Hey, it's a party. He's the periphery character right. that actually saves the day in the end. Man, <laughs> we're all gonna get laid. Right. <laughs> the, the, the slugs are allergic to party. <laughs> That would be rad. Again, <laughs> uh, definitely an element I would see. And I'd also like to point out in the 80s, you could wear mesh tops and be considered masculine at the right? same time. I don't know if I necessarily pulled that off when we uh, screened Sleepaway Camp Live, but I tried. <laughs> I, I think you did fine, dude. <laughs> thank you. Thank you. Uh, but no, going back to JC, the very fact that they don't mention the fact that he's in crutches at all, and they allow him to be such a strong character mm-hmm. and kind of push the narrative along, it's nice. Yeah. And th- I... Again, they just don't comment on it, which is perfect because in any other film, they would have been like he would have had an origin or a backstory or something. His reason to exist, right? The only reason you're in this film is to be that character. Mm -hmm. And you know what? In any other pancakes, yeah. Oh God, 
<laughs> There's a genre mashup right there. <laughs> Walt Jr. and the Pancakes Kid. <laughs> Creeping bad. <laughs> but in any other film... It, oh. would have, it would have been a focus, but yeah. it's not here. No. And then you got this dude. Oh, God. Okay, so we've got the Bradster. Um, Alan Kayser there. Kansas City, Kansas City's own Alan Kayser, mm-hmm. um, who actually we see at Crypticon. Yeah. Awesome guy, but, man, playing the ultimate, ultimate, like, Yeah, he's, he's, uh, he's, he's William Zapka. He's, he's, he's his times, brother. Oh, yeah. he's. His brother who, who who's a, um, what's it called? I'm a legacy, bro. Yeah. You know, <laughs> what we don't see underneath the uh, the sweater vest is a Cobra Kai mm-hmm. uh, jersey yeah. there. But you might remember him from Bubba, from Mama's Family. Mama Family, that's right. Yeah. Where he had a huge yeah, he that was film. yeah he was. A, I watched Mama's Family all the fucking time. Really? Yes, I did. I, I'm a Mama's Family fan, so you know Bubba pretty well. Mm, I do. Suspenders can... and all, psh, psh, you know. Now, that's where this film could have taken a really weird genre and, you know, crisscross, you know, the uh, the, the, the cinematic universe, Mama's Family. And <laughs> Mama's the leaving them off the porch. Get out of here. She starts, like, wrestling them and shit. Goddamn creeps. <laughs> Getting in my best wig. Goddamn. <laughs> How am I going to get down to the Piggly Wiggly? <laughs> Come on, Iola. <laughs> but this is in the 80s. This was the time of kind of the blonde douchebag. Mm-hmm. And let's face it, you know, he plays it well. Yeah, he does. And for all intents and purposes, great act, man. Great actor with that. Um, But here we get into now, again, going into the urban legend Mm -hmm. element of it. Here you always hear about the like the hazing prank gone wrong, uh, <laughs> people trying to get in, the weird shit happens. That's what we ultimately get here with this, uh, with this with, when we're in the eighties with this shenanigans, little... just college shenanigans. That's what happened in the eighties. Oh, and we need to be drinking out of some beer stones. Beer stones. Like <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that is good. <laughs> That's a crevasse. <laughs> now I'm wondering if that is the same polar bear from uh, Roadhouse. <laughs> it's probably the same polar bear from Pee Wee's Big Adventure in <laughs> Francis's room. <laughs> polar bear got around, man. Right? Yeah, paid its union dues. Now, so uh, <laughs> at the screen, yeah. <laughs> let's not let's not get creepy no, here. No. Uh, oh, David. Uh, David. This Pamer. dude's in everything. Yeah, he's no, all over the place. It's uh, yeah. David Pamer is. In, I'm gonna make sure I've got that name correctly because he is that. He is. Yeah, he's that dude. That dude. Completely no. and totally. Let me see here. Where's my little? Yeah, David Pamer there. It's yeah. He is that guy. He's Jesus Christ. He's been in everything. Yeah, he, he's tons of shit. And that's the great thing about this. It gets all these good genre. Not only match up and mix ups in the genre, but the genre actors. Mm-hmm. You get a lot of good ones. A lot of like, hey, it's that dude. And we probably get the ultimate. Yeah, I, David Pamer maybe the ultimate minor that dude but you know tom atkins is definitely that mm-hmm. dude and i think that's what makes this film work really well too is all of the actors actually bring their game up yeah and it's well acted it's a you know that's the one thing with the film that works really well it's campy but not when it comes to the acting no not at all you no know, it's it's a, it's a very, lot of it's it's, it's a, they're putting it you can tell that they're they really like what they're mm-hmm. doing and they respect it and they know it so they're giving it their all yeah it's very earnest yeah i mean the tongue is in its cheek but they play it straight yeah and that's, and that's what makes it better. That's what yeah. makes it great. Yeah. Because you can have all the weirdness you want going around you, but as long as you're playing it straight and mm-hmm. legit, it just solidifies the film. Right. Because you don't want to be like, whoa, whoa, turn yeah. the shakiest gun in the West. You no. Know? Yeah, no. <laughs> we also, can we kind of count these guys as like, you know, great cinematic duos? <laughs> like the Silent Bob and Jay and Silent Bob. Uh, yeah. I think the memorable enough. Butch and Sundance. <laughs> Not that they went out in a blaze of glory. 
Although I can't wait to talk about the ending of this film because there's a, mm. a lot. There's some interesting there, things with that one. There's some things going on. There are truly some <laughs> things going on with that. Well, a lot of it was studio interference, not even studio interference, but just bad test uh, screenings and so forth, which imagine if you could imagine that initially. Because this was way before, you know, like, dude, you got to check this movie out. This was all word of mouth. Yeah. I mean, this is before internet word of mouth. So, well, I had, there were certain films like Night of the Creeps where, and now here is our flashback to the guy from the beginning. Yep. All coming together now. Uh, but this was one of those films that uh, this along and along with Near Dark were two of my litmus test films that back before in the day, if I threw out a thrill me reference, mm-hmm. if someone picked up on that, I'm like, ah, we speak the same language. Right. <laughs> if I say, I hate it when they ain't been shaved, you know, we're speaking the same cinematic right. language. And it was also, it was kind of, a, it was just really cool to, to, to see and experience. This is one of those films that um, the first time I ever did a movie night, uh, obviously, um, if you ever listen to the Nerds of Nostalgia, I've been putting on a movie night at my house for like five years now. And, the first Halloween that I did, I actually screened, uh, it was, oh my goodness, what was it? It was Shaun of the Dead and Monster Squad. Nice. Yeah. No, I, nice. I yeah. Well, nice. I, and so, but then the next year I wanted to do more of a marathon feeling. And so I did double features every weekend. And the first weekend that I did, I did a zombie double feature, kind mm-hmm. of tentative, but I did uh, Return of the Living Dead and Night of the Creeps. Nice. And so it was one of yeah. the first ones that I showed because the, my main thing with the movie night was like screen films that people like you and I. Yeah, we've already seen and we love mm-hmm. and maybe sweet people like you need to see this movie. To expose them to yeah. the, our cinematic universe and our mm-hmm. language. And this is one of those films that I think is one of the ultimate ones because, again, now look at us. We're in this, you know, high tech <laughs> sci fi scientific research area. In a morgue. In a morgue. <laughs> <laughs> And at Corman University, that's where the shenanigans happen. Exactly, that's what happens. And don't even think about the trauma basement. (laughs) Yeah. You know? Well, I think that's the the rival school, actually. (laughs) Trauma U. Trauma University, On the other side of the tracks. (laughs) Because obviously that's when you're going to run into the mutants and everything. Mm -hmm. But at Corman (laughs) University, you get more of the creepy crawlies and the slimy ones. Right. Tastefully done with the tidy whities Right, exactly. Add. Because, you know, when you're an intergalactic inter, uh, demon monsters that are spitting, like, worms to make zombies, you want to make sure that you dress comfortably. You never know how long you might be in stasis. Right. <laughs> you know, I know some aliens are more boxer briefs. You know, I understand. Some Speculation. go commando. You know, it's just however you feel. But, you know, be considerate. <laughs> I don't know how it goes into to underwear and boxers like that. <laughs> and now here's another great thing is, oh, God. <laughs> shenanigans. Exactly. Pure shenanigans. And had we stayed in just a... In shenanigan land, it could have gone like Revenge of the Nerds. Exactly. Or... This would have been the end of the stiff. Right. Instead of actually kind of the starting point. And, you know, even to a more extent, a weekend at Bernie's, but that's... <sighs> Weekend at Creepies. This <laughs> animated corpses. An entire frat of animated corpses. That I get, I would probably pay to see something yeah. like that. But that's what's funny in this film. You never know that might happen. Just because of all the total we'll, shifts. Yeah, what else can happen? And here we get the introduction of the slugs. The little creeps themselves. Now, how many films have actually utilized little slug-like creatures like that? Well, Slither. Slither, mm-hmm. obviously. Mm-hmm. Can we talk about, uh, uh, not Slither, but Shivers? Shivers. 
<laughs> this could that could have happened, you know, in the same universe if if the one movie would have took a left turn or a right turn. Because when you're talking about shivers, I was like, it's only a few shenanigans away from a boner jam. A boner jam. You know, if, you could actually probably recut shivers to become a boner jam. Right, yeah. You throw in a little bit of um, shenanigans, some like music, maybe like crusty old Dean or something. Like, uh, absolutely. Well, you don't even need a crusty old Dean. You just need a crusty old superintendent since it's right. in that little high rise there. Yeah. <laughs> some crusty old super. It would be great. <laughs> but yeah, there's so many films that are based on that. Um, but shivers was so interesting because it was Cronenberg's first film, mm-hmm. and we were we were watching it. And we mm-hmm. were going, man, you can tell it's a first film. Uh-huh. But good lord, does he go? for it yeah he kills kids yeah it's just it's as gnarly as you remember it <laughs> and, and then some and it's very 70s though <laughs> and <laughs> which is suffice to say it can get pretty like like nudity and rapey and weird yeah yeah it's canadian also, weird too it's very canadian too. yeah that's what i'm and obviously he is canadian he shot in canada but that gave it that i remember seeing a lot of those films for the first time and going they have a different vibe to them. Mm-hmm. You know, there's something else going on with that. And, and they, but they all have the slugs. Oh, yeah. You know, this movie, that movie, it's like how weird how it could be like interconnected. Well, that shows you in, what's also interesting with like the horror genre itself. That there's a whole subgenre of like killer slug movies. Killer slug movies. Yeah. yeah, there are. Also, I'd like to think this little spat they had, if you rewatch Clerks, mm-hmm. that scene when Dante and Randall have their uh, big fight at yeah. the end. There's a lot of similarities between this one, so I'd like to think Kevin Smith was kind of riffing off this because of kind of the friendship that these two have. You really see it in this film, yeah. Because I think I think it also speaks that like everything is every friendship has something like this, and mm-hmm. then like come on, man. And then next thing you know, like oh yeah, fuck you. And then all of a sudden you're and, just stronger and as, as a duo. Exactly. And speaking of a strong, right? What an introduction to a character. Holy shit! He he <laughs> he had to wrote, wrote that in his contract. He goes, "I'll be in your movie on one condition." I don't know okay. if it gets more iconic than that. Okay. And what a coconut drink. It's mm-hmm. so perfect. Uh, shot, I believe they did this in a, a reverse shot, which is great. I just love the little, little camera trickery like this. But you want to talk about just a great introduction to a character, man. Holy mm-hmm. shit. The white star. And just look at Tom Atkins, man. Look at just him. He's on the beach in a white tux. Look at that. Looking good. And then boom. Mm. Now we get a cut back to, well, what we think is the 50s, now in color. No, I love the imagery though, where he's still wearing the corsage. Yeah, and just look how crazy and vile that is. And here we go; we get to the extreme gore in this film, and, and there's a lot of it. That's what's great about this film, man. Is it? It's not afraid to get gory. And, and look at this. Just uh, frightening. And that's some good special effects, right? Some there. great editing too, All man. Practical too. Oh, that's the beauty uh, of this film, mm-hmm. and that's why I, uh, one of the reasons again why I love it so much is now here's the and other then, thing, and then we get another genre. Go for yep. it, dude. Yeah, now we're into a nineteen. We're in a like a hardcore private eye noir crime film, mm-hmm. mystery novels. On He's there. got the Mickey Spillane in the background, yep. man. Like he is basically a Mike Hammer character, and who could be better to play a Mike Hammer character than Tom, Tom Atkins? Atkins. <laughs> okay, one of the great all-time tropes of any mortician is how they always love eating <laughs> with the dead bodies. And, the most in a, and they carry that shit every briefcase sandwich. Exactly. That guy's smart. That's you never com- know when you need an emergency sandwich. That's commitment, man. One of my favorite tropes of that, but Bullwinkle <laughs> Thrill me. 
boom. Take a drink, ladies and gentlemen, anytime Thrill May comes around. Now you have your hardcore, you know, detective noir film crossing with exactly. the 80s shenanigans. And the sci-fi. And as that with the horror. And uh-huh. you can, this is a crazy blended shake that, again, I can see why it didn't work initially. Because right here, it could have turned into the naked gun. But it, <laughs> it, you just Sorry. see, like, this, like, do 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 Actually, I'm t- it's going through the, the women's shower <laughs> that we get gratuitously, going through the uh, the spaceship. Right. It's going through the frat house. Yes, the, the, the whole oh my thing. God, the school bus. <laughs> Naked of the creeps. I kind of, I kind of want to make that happen now, actually, because <laughs> I can think of Detective Ray Cameron as like a Frank Drebin kind of character. Right. <laughs> because the beauty of Frank Drebin, I think, why that works so well is much like he, this film, he's playing it straight. He's playing serious. While yeah. everything around him is just madcapped in insanity. I, I totally could see Frank Drebin and <laughs> Ray Cameron as partners. Man, oh my god. They're, okay, fan fiction, right? Like, do your stuff. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, I would love a oh how what would be a velvet painting of Frank Drebin and Ray Cameron <laughs> like uh, shooting guns out of a like speeding police car at nineteen fifty yeah you know just like <laughs> oh my god just oh, oh. yeah there's an artist cleaning I, up crime I believe his name is Bruce White and he um does these fantastic velvet paintings but they're all <laughs> pop culture based nice. He did um, He did this one. It's amazing. It's Norm MacDonald as Burt Reynolds as Turd Ferguson because he's wearing the cowboy hat. It's. Uh, I kicked myself for getting for not getting. It was pricey at the time, but it would have been a Velvet original. And I'm. It's one of those that I'm kicking myself now because I would love to have that. He had. Uh, there's some Drago paintings. Like you name a character, he's done, and they're phenomenal. Bruce White, I believe, is his name. And like ah. Uh. Uh. That's so douchey. Wah, wah. So douchey. But I'm a block away. You can get out and walk. Take it easy, babe. <laughs> the the Bradster. And being perfect right underneath it, man. Talk about <laughs> telling telling who you are right away, succinctly. Right. <laughs> exactly. That's, this is what this guy's all about. That was filet mignon. That was the filet mignon of license plates, right? right? Like, no fat, all good. And what I also love is the fact that they're... Again, in terms of the people being oblivious to the shenanigans. Oh, House oh, Mother. Uh, yep. Crusty we, Old Dean. We have, that is the Crusty Old Dean version here. And sa- sadly enough, she gets it, man. That's what's uh-huh. really fucked up. Oh, the... I yep. wonder if this will become important later. Chekhov's organs right there. Right. Wonderful. <laughs> See, okay. Return of the Living Dead, 85, 86. So... Brains. brains yes being prominent now of course shenanigans and this is where the revenge of the nerds could have come exactly into play. it could be a what if they panty, actually they panty they, they panty on the night at the same time the that slugs and everything they accidentally just like uh-oh <laughs> they're like fucking making like robots and shit to like oh that that's another one great genre we can add to get oh my god this <sighs> is the Night of the Creeps extended universe. You really could. But now, now, of course, we do have to have the gratuitous nudity. If mm-hmm. This is a film from well, the eighties. The shenanigans. <laughs> shenanigans. At least we don't hey, have. It's a party. 
Yeah, that's it. <laughs> I saw nothing. <laughs> You're perfect. Right. That happens, of course, in, in back to school. Yeah. yeah. No. Here comes Thornton Mellon. Actually, this is where in Animal House, Bluto could have been crossing there, the yard. There we go. And he runs into him, actually. Blah. Everybody thinks Bluto's sick. He I'm goes, a zit. Get I'm it? a zit. Worse. <laughs> Okay, I don't care what y'all say. That one was funny. That one was funny. I think we are creating this incredible... <laughs> Extended universe. Yes. <laughs> and I do like that we do get kind of Chekhov's cat here as well. Yes. Now, Fred Decker... And a, then a dog. It's, yeah. it's an equal opportunity. Let's talk a minute about Fred Decker. Yeah. Talk about an unfortunate turn of events. Because mm-hmm. he, he gave us two... Of the all-time great cult classics, uh, Night of the Creeps and Monster, Monster Squad, Squad. Mm-hmm. which to me still hold up today. There's a reason we're doing a commentary track exactly. on a film that's exactly. 30 years old. Mm-hmm. But then he was given the opportunity to direct a film and a successful franchise uh, with RoboCop 3. And what are your thoughts on RoboCop 3? Uh, it's, it's too bad. I think he went too much out of his element. Well, I think a lot of it was the studio wanted to tone down. Yeah, he's he's a mixer. Yeah, he's a good genre mixer. And with RoboCop, there's there's only one thing you really expect, and that's action. And yeah, you know, and violence. And, yeah, and you can't. Oh, okay. So, and action and violence and um. Hmm. Wish, wish I had a few more hands. <laughs> and so you can't really, you can mix those two, but that's it at well, the time. And also, the let's just face it, that again, it was a kind of a watered down RoboCop. You didn't have Peter Weller returning, mm-hmm. which mm-hmm. is problematic. Mm-hmm. And PG-13. That was the biggest problem. And you've got Robot Ninjas. Yeah. Which, let me, as a 12-year-old on a Trapper Keeper, that's rad. But when executed, It was kind of quite, rough. Yeah. And honestly, that was the film that kind of torpedoed his career for the mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Part, which is very unfortunate, but he is making a comeback because he's co-writing uh, the new Predator film with yes. Shane Black. Oh, that's going to be dope. Which is going to be fantastic. So I'm glad because he actually kind of grew up with those guys, Shane Black and all of them. They went to school together mm-hmm. and they had this interesting click, which if you can only imagine a click like that, ooh, creepy, creepy, and wait for it, the great, great effects just all the slug and so the special effects were done by uh the k and b of k and b uh howard berger and robert kurtzman nice did this, and they actually show up as uh creeps later on <laughs> which is fantastic my god look at the look at that and look now, at that that's coming in with the presence like i'm from the 40s how this you doing is, this is the time travel aspect of the film <laughs> like if they could have actually filmed him when he was still like all black and white right and interacting <laughs> with, with the phone they smelling the flowers that tells you again all you need to know about that character as mm-hmm. hard-boiled as he is it's, as much of a badass as he is he'll stop and smell the flowers because he can appreciate beauty man mm-hmm. that's that's a well-cultured brother right there yep let me tell oh god damn tom atkins is uh, they don't make they don't let actors like this star in a film like this no, anymore. They don't make they don't make them like this anymore, really. No, they don't. Mm-mm. And I was looking kind of back at his career because I know him from all of his because let's face it, Tom Atkins in terms of genre films, you could put him kind of on the uh, the Mount Rushmore <laughs> because he's in Night of the Creeps. Mm-hmm. He's in The Fog. Yeah. 
Escape from New York. Creep Show. Creep Show. I mean, the man has been in so many amazing, great genre Halloween films. Three. Halloween 3. Halloween 3. You know. Speaking of Dismember the Alamo, the next film after Night of the Creeps, Halloween 3. Tom Atkins double fee. It don't get better than that. It was phenomenal but he is a badass barrel-chested from the get-go just a old school manly exactly dude. this is smoking drinking smells like like dry Lardnar life and and miller light just you know never turn down a shot of whiskey right you know just gargles with whiskey for the most part brushes his teeth with whiskey <laughs> badass dude yeah which you do not see anymore mm-hmm no, you don't. I mean, if you th- think about badass older, I mean Liam Neeson, maybe. Yeah, Liam Neeson. Chuck, uh, yeah, uh, Charles Bronson. I, I could see Charles Bronson in that in that line, but Tom Atkins actually came from a TV background, and then he started uh, pretty much around the late seventies getting into films. So he was almost kind of a late bloomer in a sense. But that's good that it took him a while to hone his craft because he does it so well. Oh, he's well seasoned. Yeah. That's another thing. He's paid his dues, kid. Fuck yeah, he has. Well, he's Mm -hmm. got gravitas, man. Yeah. And he's one of those guys that when I first saw this film, he actually stood out to me. And even growing up, I mentioned it before, even with the Return of the Living Dead commentary, that when I was growing up, I always identified with the younger punks. Mm-hmm. And the same thing with this film, obviously, you identify with kids, but... But now you identify with the older ones. Well, no, even back then, I always kind of thought he was cool. Yeah. And I think a lot of it was because he was so kind of a man outside of his time. <laughs> he's, that he, is so he's totally the hero. different. He's, yeah. the, he's the hero. He, he really is. Yeah. He's, the, he's the one that sat... Look at, now, look at that guy on the right. That guy's got a crew. He's shit. That guy, he's been held back a few times. <laughs> yeah, hold this gorilla. <laughs> gorilla monsoon. Right. Hopefully that guy's maybe pursuing his MD, and that's why, you know, you're in school for seven years. <laughs> Wearing his class ring, too, you might add there. Perfect. Little touch. Little touch. That's how the Bradster rolls. Fuck yeah. That's how, you know, and he polishes that Bud Bowie every night. Every night. With like a little toothbrush. <laughs> With a toothbrush. I like to get in the crevices there. Right. <laughs> Make the, it sparkle. The attention to detail that he doesn't give, obviously, Cynthia, unfortunately. Which, mm-hmm. let me ask you this. Do you buy her and Chris's romance? <sighs> yeah. Do you? I've always, I mean, in terms of their chemistry, kind of seeing, you know, would she, I mean, obviously, I think you'd want to leave Brad. Because, dude, dude, he pulls that kind of shit. That's a dick move. There's a, lo- there's a lot of things you can do to <laughs> make yourself seem like a dick, but you trip a handicapped person and then be like, hey, don't take it personally. If you oh, you're an asshole. Yeah, if you were on the precipice of like deciding whether or not you like the Bradster, that's that's going to be the tipping point. Glasses. Wonderful response to that. And gives her a little bit more insight. Mm-hmm. And now we get the interaction where potentially that love, romance yes, can bloom. Where you also and you do get so I am. I've never been truly convinced of the relationship. I think it's definitely the start of it, but I don't know, man. There's I think she, I honestly I would have preferred to see hook up with JC myself. You know, I'm thinking the same thing. Really? I don't know because he's the one that actually put forth the effort. He's the one that's you know providing Chris with all the inspiration. But man. You know, he's the one that ultimately needs that needs time in the love. Line line. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Spanking alfalfa. <laughs> and he references everything old. Right? Bullwinkle. 23 skidoo. He's truly lost in another another area. It's so good. 
And now this is obviously where we could get the Law and Order esque thing going dun, dun. on. Yes, that's all we were missing when he <laughs> walked in. Law and Order creep be you screaming like banshee. Now even the janitor's name here is Mister Minor for Steve Minor. <laughs> you gotta love that they have. Um, d- there's a Detective Landis. Yeah, a Sergeant Ramy. Uh, Ramy. <laughs> it's just they insane. Just, it's everybody. And Chris's last name is Romero. Yeah. So, I mean, they run the gamut of just like, these are the people we love. Now, does that take you out of the film? No. Okay. I think I think it's a good little Easter egg for horror genre fans, and it's inconsequential to people who don't get it. It's like an inside joke. It like, is. yeah, you, you know you're cool. <laughs> You know, Again, the little litmus test. Yeah, yeah. It's this is a, this is definitely a litmus test movie. It's even like saying, eh, eh, even, eh. It's it's the inception of litmus tests because there's <laughs> yeah, there's a litmus, the litmus test, test within the litmus it. Yeah. <laughs> Instead of a top, a creep is spinning around. <laughs> the creep stops spinning. You're in trouble. <laughs> that was a truly truly unique film, and I know that just frustrated and, people. And now that's another one to weave into oh, the God. to the creepiverse. You're going to see uh, uh, DiCaprio showing up here. Boom, the frat house just folding in on itself. <laughs> All the nerds got caught inside. It was, it was a bloodbath. <laughs> <laughs> Screaming like banshee. So funny. Now, is... Now, is that racist though just in terms of the the, no. the Okay, okay. No, not at all. <clears throat> Because sometimes, you know, those 80s films with the casual... With the ca- no, I just think... Because, like, I know dudes like that, yeah. you know? Yeah, they do show up. The, the casual racism can, you know, subtly rear its ugly head throughout films in the 80s, unfortunately, which... Yeah. I don't think so. Okay. I knew this old Mexican dude that every time he would hear, hear he heard a phrase in English that would tickle him, Yeah, he would just say it no matter what it was. Awesome. Yeah. And so it was like, and it was he just it would just give him the most like I think chicken fingers was one. <laughs> really? Mm-hmm. And I was like, I'm gonna get some chicken fingers. Chicken fingers. <laughs> it's just like a oh, chicken. You finger. know what? Honestly, if you're outside of the United States, chicken fingers. That's pretty fucking yeah. funny. So I I, th- I don't think it's. Uh, and now we got the what what the creeps do. Creepy shenanigans, actually. <laughs> creeps will do what creeps will do. Well, the creeps trying to pledge, so is, he had to run is... nude. <laughs> and just that's, covered in gore. Just that's such a great reveal, right? Yeah, have a good one, man. Take it easy. But I, I'm sure he did get into the pl- the the frat. You know, he, mm-hmm. he ran through, did it. Chicken <laughs> fingers, man. Chicken fingers, yo. <laughs> now, however. He himself will scream like a banshee. Yeah. I kind of wanted to see more of him. Yeah, he was like one of the strengths of the film. Even a minor character like that yeah, is memorable. Yeah, you go to dig. Yeah. Here we get some Oof. more. Yep. Oof. Now, nowadays, so slimy. that would be CGI. But it was perfect the way it was. It was creepy. It was crawly. That's what you want with a fucking killer slug. Shit, yeah, it had texture. Mm-hmm. Creepy crawlies. Sorority girls. I was always fascinated. <laughs> I was always fascinated with the the public, the idea of a public phone in a place like that. <clears throat> you see that in a lot of like the dorms in the uh, the movies, uh, American Psycho. Or, no, not American Psycho. Uh, Rules of Attraction. 
that's an interesting cinematic universe there. Uh, <laughs> Rules of a Trade. No, seriously. Uh, the character that um, James Vanderbeek plays mm-hmm. is the younger brother of Patrick Bateman from American Psycho. <laughs> that's is, a weird odd his another, name is sean bateman a multiverse it's <laughs> really bizarre there's actually and there's a scene in the film where he picks up the phone he's like patrick and it's like oh okay but it was they were both written by brett easton ellis so, so yeah he could makes, do that you're right they get a pass yeah yeah he had the 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 clout to do that oh and see now she's actually sticking up for him as well yeah. which i like but Which, the Bradster ain't going to have it because he's got leopard skin. Oh, hells yeah, he does. I guarantee you there's a mirror above his little bunk bed as well. Because <laughs> let's face it, he's probably the... He's no, no, the Brad, I, maybe he's the, the Bradster. Yeah, he'll have his own room, I think. <laughs> For his guns. Yeah. And let's face it, that hair, too, is spectacular. Mm-hmm. No. See? And actually... Look who's creeping up I know, on us. Exa- exactly. See shit like that, 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 that jittering at the door. I'm like, there's fucking critters. And then here comes Kitty. And what you and what you don't see, guys, is actually my cat is actually right now circling us. So, And there you yes. got the cat like that. Gnarly cat Just puppet. gnarly cat. And see, I, I caught you. I caught you. See, God. Wow, she, he, she really was getting ready to creep up yeah, on you. Man. She's looking, going away in defeat like, man. Mother- shit like I heard this you- was Night of the Creeps. <laughs> thrill shit, me. Shit really pisses me off. Just walking around. Thrill- I was going to thrill him. <laughs> ah. Well, which, which uh, it was most famously when we were watching Mulberry Street, right? Yes. When she ultimately messed with you. And mm-hmm. then also in Tales from the Dark Side. That was fantastic. And, uh, yeah. Now, did you ever in your life answer the throw answer the phone by saying "thrill me"? No, I've, unless I knew who was calling. Oh, his Polk High days. <laughs> Remember that time I scored that touchdown? Right. He like, man, what coach would have put me in? I would have gotten state. <laughs> I would. I would have made sergeant by now. <laughs> I even like the fact that we've got creeps in the vicinity, and, within there, and they don't even know. They're nope. oblivious to the creepies. I'm single. Let's, let's mingle. mingle. It's gonna be. It should be. Hopefully, that's a tramp stamp for someone there. <laughs> Either that, or I need to get that sticker for uh for the uh, the nerd cycle there. And, right. Uh, get the patch. Get the patch. Oh, there we go. <laughs> Actually, was able. Thank you, by the way. Uh, got my Unita medical supplies nice. patch recently added, and also the Suspiria one Rich. from uh Gary Pullen. Very nice. Yeah, he's the one that designed that. In the student directory, Stu- people will be watching this going, what's she's, a student directory? She's so cute. Oh, oh. She's so cute. So, okay, okay, going back. Come on in, Cronenberg. Come, Come on, on in, Cronenberg, in. yeah. <laughs> let's, let's see where this goes. I know Don't you by reputation. dream it. Yeah, it's going to be, yeah, no, it's. <laughs> You're going to get freaky with that uh that stomach vagina? It's the shivers. It's just the whole, like, the worms. That's that's the precipice that's, of There it. it is. There it is. Um, but yeah, no, when we were at the um, the Alamo Draft House, when they did the Dismember the Alamo, they opened up with Night of the Creeps. So, of course, I was like, yeah, great way to start. Right. And then they go, and as a surprise bonus, we have um, uh, uh, Chris, Cynthia, and the Bradster as nice. in the audience for a Q. They did a Q&A afterwards. And so I was like, that's fucking phenomenal. Mm-hmm. And so we're watching it. And that it was, is pretty dope. Oh, it was great. It yeah. was great. Um, and so, we're, and again, it was a nice surprise. So I was like, man, they're kicking this off nice. And so we're watching the film. And you can hear uh, Jill, uh, Jill Whitlosh, you can hear her, like, giggling pretty loudly. And, you know, when you see her topless, you know, she's like, oh, giggle, you know. But then you could hear her giggling at, like, just the shit that's not funny. And you realize maybe something was up. 
And so <laughs> they Did your radar go off. Like, well, you know, it's just like you could tell there's something weird going on. Mm. Some something was weird was afoot in the right. Alamo Draft House, you know. Yeah. And so the end of the movie hits. They do their Q and A. I asked a question and shit. What'd you ask? I asked. I basically said, uh, "This movie definitely was a litmus test for my friends before the internet. Did you guys realize you were making blah blah? You know that kind yeah, of shit." Okay. And so they all leave. And next film was Halloween three. Great. So of course, talking with people afterwards. Apparently, now this is just you know not you know gossiping or anything, but she'd gotten a little tipsy and had like disclosed a lot of stuff to I think it was Alan to, to the Bradster, uh. Uh, like something or other. But it got awkward. It spilled out to Main Street in front of the theater, like bad stuff, bad mm. stuff. And so it made it a very memorable screening. Yeah, um, just in terms of you know you when you get to see something with the people that were in it. Um, but you know when things can take a, a turn, <laughs> unfortunately. But it's always like the separating from the art from the the, oh, yeah. the artist, and so. And it was, and they all still are. They they love the film. Yeah, and they recognize. They're like, yeah, you know, we we had a blast making it. Didn't realize that this was going to be something fantastic. Oh yeah. In fact, I think it only made like, uh, <sighs> it only made. I think it was like five hundred thousand in its initial. Yeah. So I mean, it again. It it just in terms of that, it definitely. I don't. It didn't. It bombed in the box office, but but it found a following and it found a love. I mean, look at the fucking. We're doing the commentary on it, and that's the true legacy of a film. And that's what's really frustrating. Uh, if you ever listen, people they all harp about what you know the opening weekend. That's the most important thing. The movie should be the most important thing. Yeah, and if it's good, it will last. Right, regardless of what it makes in the opening weekend, because I guarantee stuff that made bank in '86 that eclipsed this, no one talks about anymore. Exactly. You know, exactly. this is a film that has true staying power. Now, speaking of true staying power, uh, any kind of favorite graffiti on bathroom walls? <laughs> Besides my number? Besides, um, yeah. yeah. <laughs> what? Striper rules. Shit, yeah, striper rules. To hell with the devil. <laughs> Stri- no, striper was that Christian yeah. metal band. That's what uh, Stuart had. Yeah, that's right. That winger. Yeah. <laughs> Poor Stuart. <laughs> you know what, what's horrible? When I watch back in Beavis and Butthead, yeah. and I think about myself and my metal years, I was probably closer to Stuart than I was like Beavis <laughs> or Butthead. It's so... Imb- oh. Now... Uh, that, would, that would be a horrifying thought of being on the shitter... With creepy crawlies and monsters, and you are shit. at your most vulnerable right. when you're on the toilet. Now, here's where you can get another cinematic thing, and they get you in the end. Ghoulie Go- pops up, hey, right? Oh my god! But like worm ghoulie, a worm ooh, a worm. Go- Is that like a Svengali? A, a, sven- a worm ghoulie? A worm ghoulie? Great little scare here. Wait for it. All in the sound design there yeah. too. That 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 got me. Oh yeah, back oh, in the hells day, yeah, I did a lot of times. And then you're just like, "Fuck!" And now at this point, he's a main character. He is one of our heroes. He's mm-hmm. not the main main character. No, but he is. And is he? I mean, technically, he's sidekick status. Yeah, but he a hell of a sidekick. He could have survived a little bit longer. Because and that's the thing that gets me is you don't anticipate his demise. Yeah, spoilers. Yeah. Oh no, this is right. Yeah, I'm. You've seen this several times. You know, I'm assuming. But he's very. He's God. He's quick witted. Yeah. That's smart. That is smart. He's, just, he's got survivor instincts, which is frustrating. That ultimately. That it doesn't pan out in the end, yeah. but at least he went out without a, I mean, with a fight, you yeah. know? And if you think about, there's, I guess there is kind of a large body count with this film just because of... Yeah, there's a large body count, dude. But in terms of the people that you get to... Yeah, great, great shot. 
Fire can kill him. Fire, fire bad. Fire bad. This is from the Thing world. Yeah, it is. Well, it's from just just the Dawn of Time world. Mm-hmm. You know, that's what we probably initially warred off evil with was fire. Yeah. Rawr. You know, thank, thank good. Oh, oh no. Ooh, and wait that's... for it. Look for it. Go Monster Go Squad. Go Monster Squad. Exactly. Kenny, there's another universe. Yeah. That's Monster uh, Squad 2, Night of the Squad. Night of the Squad? Night of the Squad. Easily. Easily. Yeah. It's them going, it's when they go to Corman University. Yeah, exactly. The Monster Squad, the college years. Yes. Yeah. Oh, I would watch. Okay, they're always talking about making a Monster Squad sequel. They you know just, what? I would yeah. like, I wouldn't mind it being set like in like late 80s. You know, and I'll be honest, I, I work with a lot of non-traditional students. I'd buy it if they're older and they're going to college. There we go. You know, I don't Hell mind yeah. that. Hell yeah, man. Because let's face it, you know, I think um, there probably is our age, I would assume. We can still go out in Monster Squad, so they see. can go out in Monster Squad. It, it passes yeah. the test. Yeah, it does. I yeah, would, it does. I would totally go see that. I to- oh my God, are you kidding? Now, have you seen the artist that actually combines the old, the old um, Scooby-Doo stills and then inserts, like, the Scooby-Doo meets uh, you like, know, uh, Sleepaway uh, Camp and right. shit like that? Captain Spaulding. Yeah, Monster Squad and right. shit. Yeah. I'd love to see that with the Monster Squad and then the Corman University <laughs> Night of the Creeps. Doon, doon, Everything's significantly better with that little, just that jerk, that dirge. Oh. Exploding head. <laughs> Creepy crawlies. Say it for us. <laughs> you know, he's and he's calling it out. Mm-hmm. I'd like to think that because his character is from the 50s, he's like, listen, this is weird shit. Let's right. talk this out. <laughs> I've seen some things, man. Oh, yeah, he has. Yeah, yeah he's seen some shit. And that's also, he's very tortured in many ways in this film because he is carrying that he's baggage. He's carrying that baggage and it all comes back. Which ultimately gives his character a lot of pathos in mm-hmm. terms of his journey. Because it's, yeah, it is his story too, you know? The, and that's the thing. Is it Chris's story or is it Detective Cameron's story? I think it's one just like the one of those genre make, mix-up things. It just blends so perfectly together. The 80s Kinda, college movie yeah. runs into the, yeah, the 50s noir and mm-hmm. you have to coexist to survive mm-hmm. <laughs> brick of the creeps brick of the creeps oh there we go <laughs> there we go i would see that too yeah actually yeah that would be an interesting night of the creeps the re- the the um the remake by ryan johnson <laughs> right i'm telling you this movie has everything this movie it's the night of the creeps cinematic universe it's totally wonderful and we do get a great now a great explanation of why he's haunted and of course he's drinking Jack <laughs> and smoking and smoke shit yeah he's smoking yeah and he's sharing a drink. It's a very, it's very communal. It's like, listen, it's old school. It's like, look, yeah, I, I believe you. Mm-hmm. Let's, w- what's going on? What's going on? What? Yeah. Oh God, yeah. It's, it's fantastic. <laughs> yeah, I'm gonna throw those on there. And I lo- and it's almost like you know what when we, when you watch um, um oh, guess <laughs> no um oh my God um. Adam Green's faux documentary. Oh, digging up the marrow. Digging up the marrow. When Ray Wise is being when he's telling it's his stories. It's that intensity. Yes, because he he's he's such a good actor. That's that you believe every fucking word. Him and Ray Wise, those old school, yes. just like you you don't even know shit. Nope. Uh, let me tell you what's going You'll on. You'll just sit there and nod your head, and go, yeah, yep. sh- sh- really. Mm-hmm. 
because they've also seen shit. They've done shit. Right. They've, ah, now what I love, love about this performance though, is how he does start really slow and subtle and then just slowly kind of escalates a little. As the story's going, like he's weaving a yarn. Yes, he is. And he's re, now he's reimagining the entire thing. Dude, he's tasting things. He's smelling things Mm -hmm. from that time. (laughs) No, you're listening to the rest of this story. Screw your midterm. Oh. <laughs> it know. happened on this very night yes. on this road. This is another urban legend that you're getting, man. Mm-hmm. It's so wonderful. I wonder if you could ultimately make Night of the Creeps an urban legend just in terms of what happens, what happens when all, when all the shit goes together. Uh, the the planets align, the stars right. align, uh-huh. meteorites crash. Yeah, it's <laughs> That's what I'm trying to figure out. Look at his eyes, man. That's intense. It there is. was tears. He's like, I've been doing this for years. And that's what, and when you see it on the big screen, this is a, definitely a film also, if you can see on the big screen, you Dude, have to. Yeah. Oh my God. It's so wonderful. Oh, this, oh, this dog. Poor... This poor dog. Golly. And that's another reason that Plan 9 from Outer Space there. Mm-hmm. Oh, oh boy. Just another little shout out. Just another wonderful little shout out. And it's been, it's. I've, I know people have said it before, but this is kind of like a straight take on Plan 9 from Outer Space for the most part. In like, a, yeah, I can see that. A successful, talented way. With Raising the Dead. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> and here are the old crusty old Dean here. Mm-hmm. Now, I will give credit to any horror film uh, in terms of to be controversial, you'll kill a kid. <laughs> or a dog. Or a dog or a pet, yeah. yeah. And sure as shit, no. Yes. I will say this, man. Just the sound design on this film is really good. And when this starts happening... Because the dog's freaking out and that lady's like... It's so unsettling, too. (laughs) You live in an older house now, man. Uh Uh-huh. Yeah. No. In the Rungeon. The Rungeon. No. No, no, no. You never know what will arise from there. (laughs) Look at that look of her, though. That's like, oh, shit. Well, what, what else could you, what else, if you saw that coming out there, I, <laughs> you'd be frozen in terror, too. And Actually, it's just, yeah. no, you know I wouldn't be frozen no, in terror. No, you'd be out. I, you'd I'd be out the, out of the door. <laughs> and I'd be like, what the fuck's going on? I would just sit there and look like, oh, shit. Bummer. And then you're like, bye, June. <laughs> Thrill me. Thrill me. <laughs> we should have been drinking along exactly. with this one, taking exactly. shots of, of J- Jack Daniels. <laughs> we That's the Hammett way. <laughs> yeah, I don't think I could have done. Ooh, I love that. Just has the shotgun underneath mm-hmm. there, just for close encounters. You know what I'm saying? Because you never fucking know. <laughs> 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 Wonderful. Oh my god. Never mind. (laughs) (laughs) Now, I've got to wonder, who is Phil? Hmm. Obviously, every name in here has purpose. So is, like, Phil the one person? Like, Hmm. one of the PA, you know, the production designer? It's like, we're just going to throw you a bone. That'll be your diner. Exactly. He he was the caterer. (laughs) He was the... Hey, I've heard caterers are, you know, quite essential. Exactly. In a good form there. Forget the dog, man. Ugh, so bad, so bad. But literally, his past now. Oh, here he and is. then that the going on um, chowing down, just eating. <laughs> <laughs> I'm having hot dogs. Get it? <laughs> well, you know that's one of the other tropes that I always love is you've got the hardened vet like that that can eat the sandwich, and then you always get the rookie that's puking in the corner. <laughs> Or even even better, the well seasoned veteran that's puking in the corner because it's so like ghastly. That in Fifty years, yeah. Damn right, man. <laughs> 
And I won't lie, <laughs> my neighborhood actually is kind of similar, just in terms of kind of look to some of this occasionally. So oh, no, there are some are nights. There, are there some sororities around here too? Because you should have told me that a long time ago. We do have the uh, the. Ah. the oh yeah, <laughs> it's just what. And now even better is oh my god, the suddenness of that. And then that shop. Uh-huh. Scary. His ass got lucky, scary. too. And it's good special practical effects. Well, they did You a gr- believe it. Well, that's... They they, they uh, switch between the Dante man and, and suit. Dante and De Palma. Yeah, Dante and De Palma. Oh, my God. Yeah. Everyone is name-dropped in here. That's insane. Uh, but the very fact that they, they switch between, like, a man in a suit and then a puppet. Mm-hmm. And they do it so effectively. It, it's seamlessly. And that still smirk. Oh, the smirk. Oh, it's, Yeah. The look coming up when they have that, they yep. have the moment. Yep. A shared moment. Exactly. You. Yeah. It, oh. Bum, 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 bum. <laughs> that, I, I don't care how many times I see that scene in Conan, man, when he gives the you and then Conan d- does that pose. Uh-huh. <laughs> that, come and fuck with me, man. I'm back from the dead and I'm, I'm looking badass in my black and white camo. Exactly. Ooh, here we go. What a reveal. And what just the haunt literally rising your you know your past coming back. I love this turn. See again, the person turning, and then you get the great shots of just the just, dummy and the puppet. Right there. Look at that. Oh and so then, good. <gasps> you get your Jaws uh-huh. moment. There it is. And then just that like that smirk. <sighs> The funeral's about to begin, sir. And just the head explodes and out comes all these worms. The creepy crawlies. Yep. In fact, honestly, you have, I mean, I'm not, of course, James Gunn bothered a lot, um, borrowed a lot from this, even if he didn't see it, you know. Right. But I mean, there's that almost exact same shot in Slither. Yeah. Where the explosion and right underneath them. And now something's wrong with me. Yeah. And you'd think that'd be cathartic for him right there. But you know it's no, it's just going to Because he knows he goes, oh, man. Here we go, man. Shenanigans went down. Look at exactly. All the toilet paper. That crusty old Dean's really pissed. It's time for prom. You know what? Actually, in a movie that would work perfect with this is Ghoulies 3. Ghoulies go, go, go to go college. college. Rockin' a tux. Again, periphery characters. We have no idea who they are. Mm-mm. Everyone's getting ready now. Here we go. Here we go. Oh, God. And here comes the creepy crawlies. All right, 80s hot. Oh, this is straight up 80s hot. This is the stuff that I won't lie. That is <laughs> yeah, yeah. Pavlovian for me. Like, <laughs> I've got the biggest boner right now. <laughs> Not even for the boobies, but the hairstyle, man. <laughs> the aesthetics. It is, it is. But let's face it, you. it's an 80s film. Yeah, it's you, It's the boner jam part. <laughs> it is it's the, the boner pan, jam it's part. It's the panty raid. It is. It's the, 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 the worms you don't getting, see. And then, and you, then you got have, the other side. And now beefcake, be, sort of, you know. <laughs> let's hope we don't hear any locker room talk. <laughs> yeah, we'll most definitely. Hmm. Let me ask uh, you. You know, at least it's not like some sort of weird, like, switch like sleepaway camp where oh it's lord like... <laughs> honestly i could see that kind of a turnaround look at that hair my god that's fantastic look yeah. at that guy's stash hey look i'm gonna put on these sunglasses look at me i'm that guy <laughs> he's the guy that like still drives a camaro oh she oh an iroc z yeah. yeah still blasting sammy hagar's i can't drive 55 yeah shit yeah the mullet's just a skullet uh, yeah, yeah, and you know, honestly, Chris doesn't really rock. He's got that in between. He's just got that. Eight. Oh no, that's 
Now look this at how that scrawled. Yeah, he was in his last thralls right there, man. That's so, this is so tragic. This is so hor. This is where again the film takes a, a different a, turn. A, a dour, sad. Yes, well, this is <laughs> like um, almost like it hurts to be dead moment. Oh, that exit. Yeah. yeah. Well, yeah. The fact that he's like, I'm, I'm dead, but I'm walking around. Oh, it's so. And also the sound design. And how at the very last bit when you hear that. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Excuse me. It does that to me. Uh-huh. You, know? you got you got a creepy crawly in there, dude. Oh, my oh God. <laughs> I can't even imagine how, like, it would feel to not be in control of your own body. Oh, it's horrible. It's you horrible. It's, it's, well, that's why I think it also works as that kind of Cronen- Cronenberg body horror. Mm-hmm. Just the betrayal of your body. It's yeah. frightening. That yeah. is awful because that's the stuff you are supposed to have control over. Exactly. And you just like, uh. Oh, yeah. It's awful. And and I do like the the fact that they give him the fact. he gives. It's not necessarily exposition. No, but it's saying, hey, fire can kill it. Yep. Prepare yourself. Yep. You know, don't, don't let this happen to you. Don't let my sacrifice be yeah. in vain. Oh, God. I walked. Oh, that's. That's <sighs> tough. That is so tough. Yeah. I walked. I walked, Chris. You don't get that in any other kind of a horror film. No, that just adds a slight... And good luck with Cynthia. He's still... He's still rooting for his boy, man. He's still rooting... That's a a ride or die, dude. That's that's ride or die right there. Oh, my God. You could only be so lucky to... And then just that final turn. The death growl. Yeah. The rattle. Awful and horrible, man. Yeah. But you genuinely care about him, mm-hmm. and then when you hear him, I walked. Good luck with Cynthia. It just reminds you that he was a good character. He was the shit, man. Yeah. The shiznittle snip snap sack. He was your boy. He was your boy. He was your boy. Haul at your boy. Right, exactly. But sadly, now we have to unfortunately reveal, and mm-hmm. you have to get some closure here because, again, if you don't see a body, they didn't die. <laughs> Game of creeps. Game of creeps, exactly. <laughs> High voltage. <laughs> That's how the White Walkers happened. That's They're how, actually the creeps. Honest, <laughs> I could see that working mm-hmm. as well. Like the creeps hit Viking times. <laughs> I and I, at this point, I'm rooting for the White Walkers. Yeah. In <laughs> Just for everyone. The creeps. Yeah, except for little uh, Linnea Mormont. No, she can stay. She can go to the cause. Yeah. You caught. You came to the cause. Hmm. God damn, that's a great, great series. Uh, Nerds of nostalgia. We actually were covering. Game of Thrones there for a while until yeah. we tailed out, but goddamn, can't wait for that to come back. <laughs> oh, this is listen, listen, sizzle reel, man. And That's again, awful. he sacrificed himself and took out all those creeps. Yeah, hero to the end, man. Yeah. Hero to the end. And of course, we have our party bus. Which, good God, yeah, you know what? Not to sound horrible, but Just say like, it. yeah. I'm kind of glad that, that that the creeps got these guys. Their yeah. whole their whole fucking thing was just fucking just douche. douche. This is where you could have douche douche kappa. The Heather's uh, cinematic universe comes in because he comes in and says they had nothing to offer but date rape and AIDS jokes. Right. <laughs> but here you get. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> and of course, the Bradster is about to get his comeuppance. Uh huh. But not just, not just regularly. Zombie dog. <laughs> I do love that they do have a zombie dog, and that he is the a. The review. <laughs> oh, 
so wonderful. And the, yeah, the Bradster does ultimately get his come up, and ultimately, in terms of who dispatches them, it's kind it's of a come up. Yeah. yeah, it's kind of perfect. We're gonna get done, dudes. <laughs> I've always wondered what that meant. We're gonna get done, dudes. Uh, is that the whole? We're all gonna get laid. Yeah, exactly. It's the Thornton Melon. It's the Melon Express. Hey, we're all gonna get done, dudes. Yeah. Any way you want it, that's the way you need it. Any way you want it, and you get that perfect overhead shot with the swinging. It's, yeah, you're back uh, in here again. Next thing you know, like she was a dame with legs that went all the way up to to New Haven. <laughs> you know, I really would like to see a different cut of this where you just make him again black and gray. <laughs> with, yeah. And when he talks about his romantic interest, the saxophone changes to the saxophone, you mm-hmm. know, because that's the little change in timbre there. And here we have, oh, smart, smart, yeah, smart. He knows what he's up against. Yes, he does. Oh, they got alfalfa. <sighs> Necessary exposition, yeah. but it works because, listen, this is how it's going. This is what we need to do. It's just like now that... Now that he told uh, Tom Atkins told him the story, he's now he's like passing it down. Exactly, this is what's going on. Now I've seen some shit. This is how the silver bullets. You know, how do you know where you know silver bullets? <laughs> Piss on the Yankee, you know, a wrong silver bullet. Yeah. <laughs> there we go. Can you see uh, Gary Busey going for getting his going to night school at Corman University? He's that just <laughs> rambunctious student. <laughs> I have a lot. I have a lot of real world experience, <laughs> but I can only do the night classes in the machine shop. That's the ones I'm taking. I, you know, oh, here we go. Love that old again. Even an old school furnace for mm-hmm. him. Like the man cannot have modern anemones. You know, it just now. Did you notice he was trying to kill himself? God, he was, wasn't he? Tom Atkins yeah. was right. Did you see that? Right, he was trying to I, kill himself. For some reason, I always assumed he was turning them on. No, you're right. He's turning. He them was off. trying to kill himself. Damn. That's why he was sitting there with the the fans slowly. Gun just he wanted it just to kill himself. That's a. Uh, no, here's the, the, now this is the, the, the tragic the, hero. Yes, the George Miller trope here with mm-hmm. the uh, the bulging of the eyes. Wait, what? <laughs> <laughs> I'd like to think that was an homage to George Miller there. Pig killer. <laughs> Leave the creeps and walk away. Oh, now there here we have a graduate of Cronenberg yes! University. Yes. Okay. Talk about... You know what? This movie had some boobs and now it needs some dick. <laughs> you can't have boobs without dick. That's right, right man. Uh, Corman regular. <laughs> Corman just just from the stable of Corman. Dick Miller, ladies and gentlemen. Yes. I'm telling you. No, this needs to be... I said this before. This needs to be like uh, just one long weird connection of the puttermans he's a putter <laughs> he's a lot is he a relative of the puttermans no he's it's, oh is that he, the actual putterman this is the putterman this that's mr putterman Had them damn gremlins going through my trap go you know, through my... everything like every fucking job that he's ever gone through some shit happens because of fucking gremlins instead of the, the gremlin creeps, creeps right in chopping wall it was a gremlin in the robot I'm telling you, any movie that he's in, no, it's fucking, all because uh, of the gremlins. Demon Knight, it's demons. Demon Knight, it's the little demon gremlins. God damn, I thought I got rid of these years ago. I'm telling you, man, it's great. You just want to stay away from the Puttermans. Let's right, just face it. You know, right? they're bad news. Yeah. So it happens when, like, he goes, you know what? I'm going to buy a snowplow and nothing's going to happen. <laughs> Turn my life around. Dun, 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 dun. God damn it. 
I can't uh, get away. He's like, yeah. and then he actually, you know what? He ultimately met his demise when he decided to run a gun shop. Right. Terminator. <laughs> hey, buddy, you can't do that. You Wrong. Know? Or no, maybe he's like some sort of weird Highlander. Just, or just <laughs> he like wakes you, up. <laughs> oh, another day, another job. <laughs> Uh, you know what? The zombie dog really is prominent in this film. I forgot how much <laughs> he carries everything. He's very weird. It's good zombie dog performance, too. It you is. Know? <laughs> Benji ain't got shit on zombie dog. <laughs> Fuck Benji. Be- Actually, if Benji could cross over. <laughs> That's the another crossover in the Creep Cinematic Universe. It fucking turns into a fucking Benji film. Turns out that's the film you actually try, you turn kids on from horror. It's that Benji night, you know, Benji meets but, the creeps. Or... Yeah, Benji scared stupid or something, you know. <laughs> actually, Ernest scared screw- that it's demon. It's a good movie. I like that, that movie, scary. The Troll. And then I'd like to think maybe this is a statement on just the... Um, the creepability of frat boys, but again, just the fact that they're just, they don't even care. They just a little bit. Of- it's the environment of a college campus, sadly. <laughs> Back things were different in the eighties, right? <laughs> now this is actually the second uh, film in nineteen eighty six where you get kind of an epic um, Bus reveal jump. after yeah with yeah. Uh, Friday Jason lives mm-hmm. with the RV. And this one, this <laughs> is the mullet, dude, man. It is the mullet and the stash. I crashed my Camaro worse than this shit. <laughs> <laughs> Ain't nothing but a scratch. Right? Shit, I'm going to just take a little armor all, a little hammer to it. It'll be good as rain. Armor all, my God. Creep. Creeps. Look at now, that. Yes. This is where it starts to get very gory and goopy as well. Mm-hmm. And this is where also technically you can say it does transition into a zombie, zombie film, film now. Yeah. Because up until now. For the most part, it was just again the creepy crawlies, uh-huh. and then a few maybe like like uh, incidental zombies. Mm-hmm. But now we're going to get the full, full on, on siege. The siege. Yeah. <laughs> it's a goddamn siege. <laughs> now we just Napoleon Wilson comes in cruising through on a bus. That's actually turns out the party bus hits the prison bus. There we go. You get Napoleon Wilson all of them from Assault on Precinct Thirteen locking up in <laughs> in, the, in the frat house. <laughs> No vanilla twist for you all. Right, exactly. So many wonderful ways that this can <laughs> spill over into other movies. I know that one was a bit forced, but anytime I think of Siege, man, I gotta go Assault on Precinct 13. <laughs> now, this is what I love is the heart-to-heart here. And the... the <laughs> heart-to-worm. Heart-to-worm. And this is a great puppet creep Brad here, and so effective, with the nastiness of the little creeps coming Just, out. Uh, and the the noise. It's so gross. It's so nasty. And, oh. just, Here we go. And I do love the fact that they did requisition a fucking flamethrower from the police department. Oh, that head split. Fantastic. Exactly. And again, something oh. else that nowadays would have been probably CGI. Because I mean, it was just tangible. You just saw like the slime and the goo and everything. Mm-hmm. And I think that is why practical effects are so romanticized. Mm-hmm. They just, I think, call the cops. God damn. Call the police. (laughs) (laughs) I am not here to take shit from you broads. I'm here to take charge. (laughs) Now, this is mean old gruff. This initial coupling I really like, where they are basically this like little one two punch cause and effect machine. Uh, If you think back to our Atomic Cotton episode that we did, we talked about our favorite horror couples. Great reveal right there. Gnarly. Oh, here we go. Iconic. Nice. Iconic. I mean, you think of Night of the Creeps, you think Thrill Me, and you mm-hmm. think I've got... That's one of those things that stands out. 
that's you can throw that in there and just make it work. Yeah. It's so I yeah, I it's it's it's, it's, it's a very it's well placed. It's earned and you know it it's from earned. him. Oh, fuck you yeah, know you it's do. from him. She's just taking a minute, adjusting, and then let's go into full badass mode. Mm-hmm. And what a great way to dispatch. Exactly. Just the burning slugs mm-hmm. raining down. That's pretty dope. It's fantastic. Well, we get another great Jaws shot there. And of course, I maybe know, that's, I know her, that's Hitchcock maybe, and not, you know, Spielberg. But maybe but. that's her fear of like, what, yep. And let's face it, that's Intruders. also taken from the uh, the poster art as well with the shot of them. It's Miller time. <laughs> Which I don't know what that means. unless But it's just, it works. It does work. That's a badass right there, man. He's the MacGyver. He is. Everything about him in this film is so Anything uber can cool. Be a weapon. Yeah, he's just a cool dude. He is. Oh, look at that. That almost looks like the um, the thing prop when mm-hmm. he, the head splits. That yeah. turns into. Sp- and he's like, "Fuck, another one." And here's where we get to go. Uh, Tom Atkins gets to like. This is when he uses his special power. You know, like you know, in he's leveled games, up. He he's is leveled up. And we do get a nice little reveal there. And then, oh, love this part when he sees the picture. And actually, the score on this film isn't that it's, bad. It's pretty good. It's in terms of what I remember on that one. It's actually pretty effective. Ah, oh, there's the inspiration he needs, man. And do here's, it for Betty Lou. Here's where he levels up. Boom. And then, oh, look at this. Just That's taking a shot. everybody out. That's a yeah. shot, y'all. Uh-huh. Love that bit. Love that bit. Now, apparently, this whole sequence, they were able to actually, they got a little bit more money after initial screenings. They said they needed to kind of bolster it up. And so they added the entire uh, shed sequence, which I think actually adds a lot. But also, um, if you think a lot about Dead Alive, Mm -hmm. obviously, Brain Dead, one of our favorite Uh films, definitely kind of curbs a little bit from here in terms of the lawnmower scene. And also, they're stuck at one point in a shed as well. Mm -hmm. Now, again, that's not uncommon. Right. I mean, it's not like... uh... It's if you, it's not blatant if, plagiarism, right? If Peter Jackson said he never saw Night of the Creeps, he'd be like, okay, but same thing, but not as bad as right. Gun. Because but, Good Lord in uh, Brain Dead, Dead Alive, yeah. they go over. Here you get the one lawnmower kill. And they, they, oh, Jesus, that's a lawnmower massacre. <laughs> that is a and that is a juicy lawnmower massacre. That was I was that was actually going to be originally that was going to be the film I was going to show second in my horror marathon <laughs> from the nineties. <90s. laughs> um, but I ended up going with um, In the Mouth of Madness. But I was so close to doing Brain Dead, or I, I saw it as Dead Alive. But I know many people refer to it as Brain Dead. Mm-hmm. I got to see Dead Alive in the theater. Dude, that'd be dope. It was at the Tivoli. Oh, man. And we had just heard that there's this crazy zombie, this uh, like New Zealand zombie film that was just nuts. And of course, it just fucking blew our minds. Well, how could it not? Oh, my God. You know what's interesting enough? I was just thinking about this. In terms of podcasting and stuff, man, my buddies and I back in the day, we were proto-podcasting. We weren't recording ourselves, but we'd spend nights just, just delving talking into about, shit yeah. like this. Yeah. Talking about love of movies. Oh, love, of course. Like, and let's face it, you know, it's not a good lawnmower trope until it takes a couple tries you know, exactly. to get it started. Later, dude. Now, unfortunately, you get a little bit, oh, I love this. Just the, the aftermath. Carnage. Dude needs to be smoking a cigarette after right? something that, you know, extensive. And that is a wonderful carnage, man. But now he's, he's he leveled up. He depleted all of his power. Now, now he's got to build back right. up. <laughs> I like that little turning off of the gas. 
Like the shit's gone down, man. Mm-hmm. Oh shit. <laughs> Damn, what is in the basement? Hmm. Did we talk about Chekhov's brains yet? Hmm. <laughs> bum bum bum. My Science Project. Have you have you watched My Science Project in a while? No. I that's another tenure. I I need to revisit there. Speaking of science projects and crusty old men, because if I remember right, <laughs> I want to say Dennis Hopper's and in that one. Crusty old men. That's funny. Speaking of science projects and crusty old men, I went to Quintiles the other day, <laughs> and uh... Quintiles, Jesus Christ. <laughs> It's it's a sugar pill, isn't it? Yeah. It's just a placebo. <laughs> Worms. <laughs> <laughs> that would be a really... Have they ever set a horror film in something like that? In like a science experiment? Yeah. Like, like, like a quintiles like building? I think they tried, but it would always be like a military secret right. or something. That's Return of the Living Dead Part 3, kind mm-hmm. of. Okay. I was just thinking about that. How horrific just would like that be? Just like a random thing. Like if one of the drugs turned bad and uh-huh. everyone went like nutty bah. or whatever. Oh man, no! <laughs> I'm not getting paid. I don't want. I, no, it's fine. You keep your money. You can yeah. keep your money. It's fine. Right. It's all good there. So we're building up here to the end of the film, and here's where we get some great stop motion animation. Yeah, again, something that ultimately would be CGI'd, but it's still practical, and it still looks very intense and creepy. And mm. he's already down there here. I already beat you to it. I was like, I did. Cameron in this film, man, he just he's on it. Look at that. That's so cool. I love that. That has character to me, man. That mm-hmm. actually, that's creepy crawly. Fuck yeah, it is creepy crawly. I would hate to see that in the Rungeon. Oh, in the Rungeon? Yeah. God damn. Let's make sure you keep, you know, all corners lit so there's no ever reveal of that. Dude, good thing. Wow. Badass. Yes. <laughs> wonderful, wonderful. He doesn't give a fuck. And I'll tell you what, man. You know, his mustache is so badass that he could pull that masking tape. Not one hair came out, nope. man. That's that a, shit is thick. That fucking shit bristle. Is, that's the one thing that always weirds me out when watching The Fog is he's mustacheless. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> which is kind of weird. It's like seeing your dad without a mustache for the first time. It's like, no, <laughs> no. Here we go with the countdown. Now, God damn it, JC sacrifices himself. Yeah. And Detective Cameron sacrifices mm-hmm. himself. And also, let's face it, um, JC, if South Park didn't crib pardon the phrase directly from jc for uh um jimmy yeah this the character of jimmy that's jc right i mean come on now <sighs> the the countdown man and it adds intensity, intensity to sure it. You're does. Like, oh shit it's like you know, again you know they're gonna get away but makes you wonder well is cameron gonna get out is he gonna get out the last right? minute what's gonna happen yeah but then you realize by the time we're down to five, no, he's going to sacrifice. He was going to commit suicide anyway. Yeah. Now but he goes out like a hero. A cause. Mm-hmm. And what a badass private eye detective noir guy would. Here, my favorite line. That's what, when I watched this the first time, I was like, that's cool. Mm-hmm. That was kind of badass. That line. He passed the thrill me on to, to him. him. Yeah. Spanky's rocking it now, man. Now, ultimately, here's where the alternate ending to this film. Now, we're watching the director's cut, so we might actually get, and I'm trying to remember on this version, Mm -hmm. but there's technically two different versions of the ending. Uh, There's a little shot of the the flower there. In memory, in memory. There's the original theatrical ending, Uh and that's the one where the dog shows back up. Right. 
and Cynthia goes down. Oh, what a cute dog! Yeah. And it's it's kind of a yeah. There's the cat. Oh shit, kitty, stop that! <laughs> See, just when you like the cat, Rah. she was waiting. She was waiting. Um, but it kind of gives that like little cheap cheap oh. scare, Carrie, yeah, and like... so forth. Um, but ultimately, it kind of hints that they die in the end. You mm-hmm. know that she the, the slug is passed. So we're getting the director's ending here, where we don't get the cheap scare, but we get a really cool bookend that comes right. Out. Of course, and I, what I like, we do get non-inept, uh, you know, firemen, police. Ah, oh, here's where we have Cameron dead, burnt, cigarette, no. <laughs> a badass till the end. But this is the dour ending. This is the rough one for me, man, because I would have uh-huh. preferred to have seen him without. Uh-huh. To see them out go like that. Yeah, just, yeah. I like the finality and the closure. You either li- die, live long enough to wait, die here or live long enough to become the, the villain. villain. Oh, damn. It comes around. Are we both doing the dance because we have to pee? Yeah. <laughs> That's okay. We'll, we'll wrap things up when the credits come. But if you're watching, here we get uh, at the cemetery. At the, se- the worms go in and now, do you want to party? It's party time! The worms crawl in. The worms crawl out. But we get this great shot where, like much at the beginning of the film with the science fiction element, we're going to end it with a shot back of that spaceship that you all forgot about. And it's a great kind of reveal in terms of the spotlight. Uh huh. They are on the prowl for these bad boys, looking, trying to figure out what's going on. But it's definitely... It's obviously a different. Which one do you prefer? I kind of like this one. Yeah, I like this one. I do. I do like kind of the cheap out, scary ending, but I do like this one because it does bookend everything nicely. Mm-hmm. Just it in brings terms it of, all back. And we started with sci-fi. We'll end with sci-fi. And speaking of ending, guys, this is the end of the film. We are going to probably cut it short because we are both about to piss about our to pants. Piss our pants. <laughs> so thank you guys for listening along to us with Night of the Creeps. This has been a blast. Um, make sure uh, check us out at uh, Boom Howdy. And until next time, guys, this is Greg D. I'm Genius McGee. And we're going to piss our pants and see you in your dreams. Oh.